return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Praise God. Isn't God good? He's so good. Let's stand just for a minute, all right? If you have your Bible, say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. It is fun to come here. Wow. Fun to come here. Fun to be here. Fun to see your faces. Uh, To have your friendship and your fellowship is a real blessing. We welcome people that are watching in other countries or in Brookings as well, part of the church. Uh, We just bless you today in Jesus' name. We know God is working in your lives for his glory He's answering your prayers. He's with you. And just hold on to his peace. And we appreciate you. We appreciate your friendship and your fellowship. And we look forward to seeing a lot of you soon face to face again. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to talk about encouraging yourself today. Amen. Your relationship with God is dependent on your concept of God. Okay, so think about this. Your relationship with God is dependent on your concept of God. Your concept being, how do you see God? Is he good? Is he good most of the time? Is he good some of the time? How does God treat us? What, what uh, the things happen in the world? What comes from God? What doesn't come from God? So your relationship is dependent on this concept. In other words, if something bad happens, sometimes people say, they, they say right away, why, why did this happen? Like they're looking at God for the answer as if he had some part in it. Sometimes people think, why did God do this? Or why didn't God answer my prayers? Or why didn't, you know, the why question. So your concept of God is very, very important. Because I just want you to know God is on your side. So that's partly what we're talking about here. Romans 5, 8 God loves us. He sent his love toward us, all right? Romans 5, 8. He demonstrates his love toward us. So God's expression toward us is nothing but love. Christ went to the cross of Calvary, died on the sins of Cal- at, at Calvary for our sins. He demonstrated his love for us. So look at it's toward us while we were sinners. So, so if he did it while we were sinners... And of course, not that we're perfect now, but now if you're a Christian, why would he change that now? He doesn't change it once you become a believer and part of his family. All the more so you can know and experience and relate to his love. So while we were sinners, while we were enemies, Jesus did these things. 
Now we can rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. There's a key thing again. We have received it now. Say now. So it's not someday, but today. So we can be joyful. We can rejoice in God because of what Jesus has already done now. So again, our concept is going to influence our vertical relationship. Romans 8 says, if God be for us, Romans 8, uh, 31, if God be for us. So you must know that God is on your side. Now, I'll say this to everybody physically here, everybody watching on camera, everybody who listens to this. God, God is for everybody. Can you say amen? amen. Romans 8.31. Just turn there again in a second. Romans 8.31. Do we have that a second? If God be for us, maybe we don't have it. Let me turn here in my Bible a second. Turn it to your Bible. It's always good to turn in your Bibles. If God be for us, all right, so he's on you. You have to know that he's on your side. You have to know it. So no matter what happens, there was a day when I got a call from a doctor, and the doctor said, you have cancer. So knowing that God is for me, I knew right away this isn't from God. This isn't, he has nothing to do with this. And it doesn't take God by surprise. Just, just because it was new to me, it's not new to God. Amen? Folks, God knows everything that's going on in the inside of your body. God knows everything that's going on in the inside of your head. <laughs> All right? So he, he already knows that, and he's for us. You have to know that he's for you. He's on your side. He loves you with an everlasting love. He commended his love, like we read in Romans, toward the world, toward every person in this world. So his, his posture is a posture of love toward us. Amen? So we want, to, we want to embrace that. We want to receive that. We want to know that, that he's on our side. Now, 2 Corinthians 1 then, it says, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4, We bless God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice, he's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. This is, this is our Father. Again, have a New Testament perspective. We're New Testament Christians. Bible says for ministers, we're able ministers of the New Testament. He's the Father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our tribulation. He comforts us. He's not causing the tribulation. He's helping us in the middle of the tribulation. Trouble. Just say trouble. God helps us. Amen? So he helps us so that we, in turn, can comfort those or help others that are in any trouble. And we do it with the same comfort or the help that we received from God in the first place. So we bless God. We want always see immediately we're blessing God because why? He's our helper. So when something bad happens, the first question shouldn't be why? The first question we see, I love you, Jesus. We're looking to him. We run to the throne of grace. There's no throne of judgment that we're running to. We're running to a throne of grace. So he's the father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who will comfort us. Now, our part is to posture ourselves for that comfort. So God can't speak to me. I mean, he can speak supernaturally. I understand that. But most of the time, he's going to speak to us through his word. He gave us his word. 
Amen. So, so we have to position, posture ourselves to receive. That begins in the Word of God and prayer. And then through the Word, the Holy Spirit can quicken things. We say, yes, that's for me. So he'll comfort us all the time. Now, most of the time, all the time, he's the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our tribulation, all our troubles. When we posture ourselves, when we look to him, amen. And in turn, then we can turn around how he's encouraged us. We can encourage others. We have a ministry, Pastor Jeannie and I, we have a ministry of encouragement. We encourage people. We've been through a lot of things in our life. Now we're getting older and older toward the end of our days, actually. But we can encourage people with the same encouragement we've received from the Lord. Amen. Who helped us when our daughter was sick, when we faced bankruptcy, when we had very few resources whatsoever. God always took care of us, faced bad reports, cancer reports, different things like that, spinal surgeries. God's big. Amen. He's big enough to touch our families. Families weren't saved or anything like that. Touch his families. So he comforts us in all, all, say all. All. Now our part then is to look to him. Amen. Because we say, well, I don't, I'll feel any comfort whatsoever. No, no, no. Look up. (laughs) Start looking to Jesus. Look to his word. You can't expect big things, you know, if all, the, all your dough thrown down is like, some people have like a little devotion on it, one scripture and so forth. And folks, that's like a, that's like a tiny vitamin. You know, you're not going to live on a piece of toast every day. Amen? Most of, you, most of you eat more than a piece of toast. You know, it's not like, well, I have a piece of toast for breakfast. That'll last me all day long. No, it won't. You'll be hungry, right? So you're going to want to go for more. You want to go for more with Jesus. You want to go more than just uh, something simple than a piece of toast. Get, get into the Word. Get in the meat. So we're comforted. We, in turn, give that away to others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been blessed with. Amen? Now, part of this, let's turn to 1 Peter 5, 5 a second. Part of this, to encouraging ourselves, is that we have to... Be clothed with humility. In other words, we have to understand, I need Jesus. And I think the older I get in the Lord, the more dependent I become. The more I realize I need Jesus. I need him every hour. All right? So it's not like you don't want Jesus to be your crutch. You don't want to treat him like a 911 number. And a lot of people do, you know, well, I better go to church, boy. I got a real need now, like a 911. No, 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 don't do that. Have a relationship. So, so younger and older, you submit yourself to the elders, you're, you're submissive one to another, you're clothed with humility. So toward the Lord and in life in general, we're clothed with this humility. Now, this is important because to speak, to speak the word of God is contrary to our nature. We weren't raised, we weren't born with this. We're transformed into new beings in Christ And speaking the word of God is contrary to everything that we knew before. So we're relearning how God wants us to live life. We're relearning the fact that, no, I'm dependent on him. So I have to humble myself to speak his word into my life, into my situations. Now, every one of you, every one of you, you have your own life, your, your, your own situations. Who's responsible then for speaking into that? Primarily, you are. Someone can come along and encourage you, and that's good. But yet, you live with you. 
Others aren't going to live in your house and you don't want them living in your house. <laughs> right? You might see someone for a little bit, but you've got all this time in the day, all this time at night, or you sleep at night and so forth. You have to encourage yourself. So you humble yourself, clothed with humility. Amen. God gives us grace. So we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. Humility is something we do. Amen. We do that. We humble ourselves. When I sit down to read the Word of God every morning, opening the Bible and reading chapters and so forth and taking notes, I'm humbling myself to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, speak to me. Lord, I need your help. I'm humbling myself before him. He loves that. Amen? He loves that. I mean, if you need, when we pray and fast, we have extra time to do more of that. We pray and fast to draw closer to the Lord. Amen? So we humble ourselves and we cast all our care on him. So we have to cast our worries. Folks, worry, worry is a sin. I don't know if people, if you realize that. But if you're constantly worrying about something, oh boy, this is terrible. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You're worried and worried and worried. Actually, actually, folks, that's a sin because you're not trusting in the Lord. When he's already given you help, he's already given the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, no, I don't want you to worry. I'm here to help you so you don't have to worry. So I want you to cast all your cares. Now, a lot of times we cast most of our cares, but cares can be like a cancer. You leave cancer cells in a situation, and they continue to multiply. That's why a doctor is always careful. He wants to get all the cancer cells if possible. He wants to get everything. And the reason is, is because they multiply. They're rogue cells. They multiply faster. And he wants to destroy them. Amen. We were not made to carry our worries, our fears, all these things. You weren't made to do that. Many times we shorten our lives, you know, because we're, the stress levels and so forth of all the what ifs. And we're thinking about things far in the future that aren't even here yet today. That's why he said, sufficient unto the day of the, the troubles or the evils thereof. Put your trust in him today. Just take today. Just say today. You're here. God bless you. You're listening and so forth. You have today. So what, what do you have need of today? Well, do you have food, clothes, and shelter? you have peace in your heart? Are you healthy today? Take today and tomorrow then will be a new day when you get up. But his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. So when they get up, it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, for a load of mercy. And I can begin to take that day then as it comes. But worry, much of worry is in the future. Futuristic. The what ifs. And folks, if we lived our lives that way, we'd never do anything. Right? We, we get paralyzed with fears, get paralyzed with doubts and so forth like that. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you today. We're talking about, we're talking about encouraging our hearts. God, God is in the encouragement business. Now, we're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy a second. Joshua was a man who was with Moses, who, who uh, went with Moses into the tabernacle. He went with Moses into the mount. He was Moses' right-hand man this whole time for years and years and years. And, Josh, and Joshua realized Moses didn't get into the promised land. <laughs> and yet Joshua was supposed to be the next leader. To take them into the promised land. Now, he, Joshua could think, wow. I mean, Moses didn't make it, make it in. How am I going to make it in? 
Moses was one of the meekest men on the planet walking before the Lord. And yet, because of some of his actions, he didn't make it in physically to the promised land. So Moses gave Joshua a charge. And he said, be strong and have good courage. It's like a commandment. Be strong and have a good courage. I want you to be this way. Be strong. Be of a good courage. You shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore unto them, and I will be with you. So this is, the, this is Moses speaking, but it's a prophetic word from the Lord. It's a charge. Be of good courage. And lots of times, courage and opportunity go together. Because opportunity comes through a door. George has a door and Francesca, but they're walking through a door, but it takes courage to walk through the door. Because there's unknowns. That's the thing of faith. There's lots of unknowns. You take a new job, there's unknowns. You move to a different place, there's unknowns. Isn't that right? But you have to have courage to walk through the door and to go to do what God wants you to do. So look at, let's uh, go to the next book over in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And here again, a prophetic word. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, I love this. Because he's saying, God's just saying, I'll be with you. I'll not fail you. I'll not leave you. See this here? I I will be with you. I'll not leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm not going to fail you. And your part is just this. I want you to be strong and have good courage. In other words, I want you to believe what I'm telling you right now. That's what faith is, though, because we want in the natural, boy, I'd sure like a few goosebumps with that word. (laughs) You know, I'd sure like to have a sign somehow to confirm that word. And God, God understands where we're at. But folks, we're in the New Testament and we walk by faith. So he gives us a word of encouragement to say, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to leave you. And we have to say, amen. And so then when we walk through the door, door of opportunity. Remember in, in Corinthians, the door of opportunity, when it talks about that, like a Kairos moment. But the, there's a symbol, Chinese symbol, could mean two things, danger and opportunity. And so you walk through it, and some, you know your knees might shake a little bit, but at least you're walking forward. One step at a time. You don't have to leap. You don't have to go from boom, boom, here to there. Just one step at a time. One step is usually one day at a time. One day at a time. Take it one day at a time. So as I want you to be strong and of a good courage for this people, and you shall divide the land of the inheritance, which I have spoken as my fathers and so forth have said. So we have to be strong and we have to be of good courage. The next, the next verse is there in verse 7 and 8. Notice the word, just only be strong and very courageous. Have the courage to step forward. Have the courage to do what God asks you to do. That you may observe to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, that commanded you to, to not turn from the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So you're courageous. You have a word. We have the word of God in front of us. We have actually the inspired word of God, the Bible. And he says, I want you to observe my word. And then he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. Now, let me just stop there a second. This is a relationship. This isn't law. It's not like we have Bible reading schedules available and so forth. And it's not like law where you've got to read the Bible. Folks, when I got saved, I wanted to read the Bible. I got saved, I wanted to read the Bible, and I've never allowed that appetite to leave me. 
We all have an appetite for natural food. We like foods, and we like to eat. Amen? Most of you should be agreeing. You do, because fasting is very hard for you. <laughs> we like to eat. Food is fun. Food is good and so forth. However, it's in balance. But spiritually, we should like to eat. And we should like to eat often. That's why we fellowship together. That's why we are together like this. But eating spiritually and fellowshipping with Jesus is huge. You know, George and Francesca, they can go to another place now, and yet their relationship stays is totally the same. What should change in their life? Nothing, really. They should keep walking in this presence, in this vertical relationship with Jesus. It should be the same when we travel overseas. Nothing changes for us. It might be a different place or different cultures, and yet that relationship is still the same. Amen? So we meditate, or we're just in the Word day and night. And we're careful to observe it and to do what it says. You know, lots of times, folks, now, now people don't see into your house and, you know, where you're at and stuff. But worship is something that we don't just come here like on a Sunday, like, like performing an exercise. Well, we're going to come and we're going to worship on Sunday. Worship should be a part of our everyday experience. Amen. You can sit in the privacy of your own home, lift your hands, I surrender, Jesus, I surrender all to you, hallelujah. That's a good relationship. This is a good posture to live by. Because when, I, when we do this, we're humbling ourselves. We're saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. Turn to someone and say, surrender is good. Surrender is good. It's not bad. It's good. You know, the war with the flesh has been defeated. We've surrendered to the Spirit of God so that we can walk in the victory. So this relationship that is, day, that is a daily 24-7 relationship that we're observing the Word, we're doing the Word, we're, we're living this life before God. Now, what does it do then? What is the outcome of that? Verse 8, I was talking about here. The outcome is, is you will make, notice, you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. This is, this is really important because a key in our lives, a key in our lives that when we speak the promises of God with our mouths, you're making your way successful. Now, there's a lot of people say, well, pastor, I'm just not going to do that. I understand. Unless you humble yourself, you won't do it. Because the proud, proud people won't do this. Religious people won't do this. Because they're religious. No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that your way. It's not my way, folks. I'm sorry. It's just the Bible. Now, we have choices. You can do something the Bible way, or you can stick to religious tradition, or you can stick to your pride, do it your way, have it your way. That's fine. But I'll guarantee you that spiritually, you will never be successful. Because you cannot have that without the relationship with the Holy Spirit. If we could do all this on our own, it would not be necessary for God to send His Son, Jesus Christ. But we cannot. But it's the arrogance of people to think, I can do it on my own. I don't have to do that. Sorry. You do. You do have to observe the Word of God. You do have to do the Word of God. You do have to confess the Word of God. 
Now, if you want to have pity parties, if you want to sit in defeat, if you want to be miserable, whatever, slog through life this way, you can't. Anybody can't. God lets people do that. They have a choice. But if you want to go through life in victory, you have a choice for that too. And you can make your way prosperous. We're talking about spiritual prosperity here. You can have good success. We have been through hell and high water through many years. We've had a great, great blessed marriage. But most people would never know it because we've continued to speak the word. They'd never know we were facing death. They were never known the doctor's report was grave. They would never know those things because that's what we're not speaking. We're not broadcasting the negative. We're broadcasting the good news. David said, I will boast in the Lord. Did David have trouble? You bet he did. He had a lot of trouble. He faced a lot of adversity. And folks, everybody, everybody listening to me right now has trouble. Why? Because we're in a fallen world. And trouble comes from an adversary the devil. Everybody has trouble, faces trouble. You and every person was created in the image of God. Talking about people. It's people that are sacred. The rest of the, the rest of the world, animals, they're not sacred. People are sacred because they're created in the image of God. And so that's who the enemy is after. And so therefore, we, God gave us tools that we can overcome. The world. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. With Christ in me, I cannot fail then. Amen? Cannot fail. See, even when people think, well, so and so, well, they died earlier, this or that. Folks, there's no failure. Even in death, because death is defeated. Someone can die, but they're going to heaven. Hallelujah! There is not defeat. There's blessing in the Christian life. So it says you can make your way prosperous. Prosperous. Your heart and your mouth working together causes you to have good success. People might say, well, that door closed on me. Well, hallelujah, God's bigger than that door. He's bigger than man. He's bigger than whatever people do. The favor of God is greater. So thank you, Lord, for another door. Thank you, Lord, for opportunities. He said, well, I lost that job. Well, there's another job. Sometimes people say, well, it isn't just the exact job, but at least it might lead you to another door. At least it'll give you a paycheck for a while. We sometimes, we sometimes uh, just, we shortchange the things of the Holy Spirit. And God just says, no, walk with me today. Just walk with me today and see what I'll do for you tomorrow. Just walk with me today. Just, just trust me today. Let's quickly, let's go to James 3 a second. James 3 is a book in the New Testament, right after the book of Hebrews. And it says this. We're talking about encouraging ourselves. Greg knows all about horses. If you want to know something about horses, this is Greg over to my right, your left. Greg knows about horses. Trains horses, championship horses, rodeo horses, and so forth. We put bits in horses' mouths. That they may obey us. We have a rein. We can, they obey us. We turn their whole body. We can steer them by what's in their mouth. 
We look at ships. Ships are large. You can take an oil tanker. That's enormous. You can put football fields within this oil tanker, you know. And it says, yet the, the winds are there and so forth, but it's turned by a very small rudder. So the, there's a pilot of this ship who has a steering wheel and so forth. And at the back of the ship, there's a fin, the rudder, that's going to steer the ship. Very small in relationship to the ship. But it will steer the ship where the pilot desires, the helmsman. All right? Follow that? He's giving us natural examples for spiritual principles. And then he says this, in your body you have a tongue. Most of us don't think about our tongue unless we burn it or bite it accidentally or something like that. And we think, oh, oh, my tongue, you know. Your tongue is a very small member in your body, very small part of your body. We like to think of the primary things, you know, that our limbs and so forth, or the heart or the lungs or the different things like that. But your tongue... Even though it's little, boasts great things. In other words, your tongue will present uh, uh, great opportunities. Your tongue can turn your body. Amen? Your tongue, just like a, a bit in a horse's mouth, the rudder of a ship, your tongue can turn your body. Your tongue can speak things that will frame your world. Your tongue can cause you to have new direction. Isn't that right? Now, we've all said things. We've all said things, you know, in disgust or anger. We say, oh, we say something. We think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Right. We shouldn't have said that. Well, we can say, sorry. For, thank God for forgiveness. Amen. But then you go on and you start speaking things that bring life. Amen. You start speaking things to who? If I speak, if I'm speaking out loud, you know, and a lot of times I'll do this. I'm by myself or something or in a room by myself. I'll speak things out loud that I hear. Amen. Even the power of just taking the Bible, you can start reading the Bible out loud. And when you read it out loud, all of a sudden you think, I didn't know that word was there. And you read it again. You think, oh, that word, something sticks out to you. So your tongue, your tongue can start steering your life. Remember I said everybody faces trouble, right? But if I talk about all my trouble, then that's my tongue. Boy, I don't know, I don't know where we're going to get the money for this. I don't know how this is going to happen. Boy, that is, doesn't look good. Everything looks pessimistic. Probably not sleep as well. Certainly, if you're married, probably poison things in your relationship. More arguments, more contention, more strife. Or if we start saying, well, Lord, that is a report. How those circumstances, that's a report. Or maybe it's a doctor's report. But I'm going to make an actual choice. I'm going to actually choose to believe something different. I'm going to choose to speak something different. For my life, I said, Lord, you're my healer. You're my healer. I put my trust in you. Or one time he said, Lord, you're our provider. Lord, you, without you, we're goners, but you're my provider. And usually, usually it was one step at a time or one day at a time. Just taking one little bit at a time like that and inching forward. And then those days turns into weeks, months, and years. And you look back and say, well, look what the Lord has done. But in the meantime, you've been speaking things that bring life. Peace in our marriage. Peace in our home. Right? Or our kids knew. Our kids knew we faced a lot of things. And yet, 
And yet we keep speaking things so they grow up and they start doing the same thing. They're not dysfunctional or scarred or whatever. They love the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. They know God is good. God's on their side. So with our mouths, we can begin to turn our lives. Verse 9, verse 9 there, it says, uh, we bless God with our mouth. We curse men, but we've been made men that made in the similitude of the likeness of God. So with our tongues, let's put it this way. Don't curse yourself. Don't curse yourself with your own tongue. Don't jump on the devil's uh, seat and say, yeah, you really are stupid. Boy, you can't do anything. No, don't jump on the devil's bandwagon. Don't curse yourself. Don't say stuff about yourself that God wouldn't say about you. God never says things that are pessimistic. God never speaks things in a downward way to us to say, you're awful. Folks, we were awful and he saved us. We were enemies and he saved us. We were lost in our sins. He saved us. Hallelujah. And now here we are, prophetic, prophetically really, prophecies, in gen- if, if it's a genuine prophecy, are, are fa- pointed forward. They're positive. Why? Because that's how God sees us. I have a new direction for you. I have a new plan for you. I have something good for you. He's not saying, boy, you really messed it up back here, you know. He's not saying, boy, you're a real loser. No, no, he's just saying, I got a new direction for you. I got a new plan. This is a new day. Just like we hear here today, amen? Things that God is saying to us. These are all things that come to bless us. So you have to use your mouth to bless your life. If you have a poor mouth, you're going to have a poor life. It's just true. Amen. People can can debate this. I I just don't believe that. Okay, you can believe whatever you want. I just know it's true. It's in the Bible. He gives gives us natural examples and relays it into the Spirit. It's truth from the Word of God that will help your life. So we're teaching people how to win. We're teaching people to encourage themselves. Some of you saw the quote that we put up. It says this, I was looking for someone to inspire me, to motivate me, to support me, to keep me focused. Someone who would love me, cherish me, make me happy. I realized all along, I was looking for myself. Who's that someone? Is there someone who can do this? Who can do this for me? Who can do this for me? No, no, no. God says, you can do this for you. You can do this for you, Dave. We face those things. People say, boy, I wish I wish I had the money to do this, this. And then, you know, well, we lived that life for decades. Lack of resources. And so, but had always had enough. God always says, no, you have your needs met. And we thought, we do have our needs met. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Live the things where you go to the doctor and say, well, we're looking for cancer cells here and here and here. Live those things. Laying on a radiation table. Taking injections of drugs. Live those things. Live those things where believing for a good report. Thank you, Jesus, for a good report. Go in. Bad report. Oh, more cancer cells. Bad report. Feeling down. Feeling discouraged. Encourage yourself. Build yourself up in your faith. Pray in tongues. Drive away in the car. Doctors said to us with our daughter, they said, you're the most amazing people we've met. Doctor said to me three months ago, you're the most amazing patient I have. It's all a question, folks. It's not that we don't face troubles. 
No, how are you going to walk through those things with Jesus? Because when you encourage yourself, you're giving yourself courage. You're giving courage, right? When you encourage yourself, you're giving yourself hope. When you encourage yourself, you're giving yourself support, right? You're supporting you. Isn't that right? See, we all can think, well, I wish everybody else would pray for me. And some do, but folks, you can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. You can do this. Yes, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Encouraged himself. I love that quote. I was looking for someone to build me up. But I do you remember, I know you remember, when we were in the clinic. Yeah. I have 1999 written here. Habakkuk 3, 17. August 13th, I think it says, Kevin and Cindy's anniversary. And we weren't getting a lot of good news out here, but we always carried good news when we carried our Bibles. And God always would give us a word, something, something, maybe one word or two words, but it was like an anchor. God did that for me. I shared with the ladies at Bible study. God yeah. did that for me last week. You just need a word, yeah. one word can change everything. Yep. So we were sitting there and feeling deflated and drained and discouraged because of the doctor's report. This and, is for uh, Angela back in the 1980s. Was, yes, yeah. regarding our daughter. And, um, but I believe this could fit for someone here today. Although the fig tree does not blossom, right. you're looking for fruit. Yeah. It says, and neither shall there be Fruit on, the Fruit on the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail. Again, looking for those olives. Looking for that fruit. Looking for produce. The fields shall yield no meat. You go ahead and read that, honey. The flock shall be cut, cut off. off. The fold shall be cut off from the flock. And no, no herd in the stalls. But notice it says in verse 18. Verse 18. Write, write down this. this Habakkuk this chapter 3. Right here. Verse 18. 17. Through 19, verse 18 says, yet. yet. Say yet. Yet. Okay. Natural circumstances are all bleak. Everything but it looks says, empty. Yet. Right there on the screen. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. Yet. Okay. That, that's what that says. But I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and the God of my salvation. And who's doing that rejoicing? We are. We do it ourselves. Yeah. We can open up our mouth. We don't have to go by our feeling. But we go by faith in his yeah. word. And we just begin to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Yeah. You're the answer. I thank you. You yeah. said you are a yes and amen, God. Yeah. We begin to open up our mouth. And we begin to let the yeah. spirit of God flow from our innermost being shall flow rivers, rivers of living it's water. It's living water. Yeah. Jesus always brings a life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough yeah. anointing. We serve the God of the breakthrough, and I believe in the Spirit today that there's a breakthrough yep. for each one of us yep. as we rejoice in yep. the Lord. Yep. Yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God yep. of my salvation. Amen. Now the thing is, you keep doing this. Amen. This isn't like I'm build, you build yourself up and I'm doing it. I'm doing just what the Bible says, and then you don't see your answer. What are you going to do? Well, the natural thing is to be downcast, to be discouraged. Discouraged right. means you lose courage. Or you lose hope. You know, you lose, you might think you lose the presence of the Lord. We'd be in the doctor's office. I don't remember. We'd be, <laughs> we knew doctor's instruments and so forth. And we'd be taking people's, you know, reflexes and this and that. And the doctor would come in and he says, ah, the Kaufmans, you know. 
And he says, how you doing? And he said, we're doing great. And he just said, that's good. He said, well, the tests aren't good. And then he would give us a grave report. We went through this for years. And yet, and yet, we would rejoice in the Lord. In spite of what we saw, what, what is going to keep us afloat? You know, a swimmer, in fact, you don't, don't even have to know how to swim. All you need on is the life preserver, right? Keep the life preserver on, and Jesus is our life preserver. But I tell you what, you can push someone down to the bottom. You know, oh, I got them. They're down six feet. They're going to come right at the top. The life preserver will always bring you up. Jesus is an upper. When I wrap myself in Jesus, hallelujah. Well, the devil may push me down, but I'm going to come back up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to come back up. You're going to come back up. We all face an adversary who's a liar, but you're going to come back up. You take it one day at a time. And sometimes we would think, oh, I don't know if I can take this anymore, but we'd run to the Lord. And you know what? He'd give us encouragement. He would encourage us about the time we'd want to quit. He'd say, oh, no, no, don't quit. He'd encourage our hearts. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. None of these things are complicated. I just want to say this. It takes, though, humility. The ability to say, you know, I can't do this on my own. So you know what? I'm going to do it the Bible way. I'm going to go back to the Bible and I'm going to do things God's way. And I'm going to do it on his terms and, and I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to do this in my life, privacy of my life, in your car, in your home, where you're at, and just rejoice in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. This is not, God never made anything complicated. It's not meant ever to be complicated. It's meant that a child could understand it and a child could think, hey, I can do that too. You know, yes, you can. You know, we can all do this. And we can all walk in his spirit. He made that available for us. Amen. So let's lift our hands just for a second. Lord, thank you today that we can rejoice in you. For today, you are our strength. Today, you're our provider. Today, Lord, you're working miracles and healings. And Lord, we thank you for today. And we thank you that you are bigger than any mountain that we face. So we speak to those mountains to be removed in the name of Jesus. We speak life to our lives in the name of Jesus. We speak encouragement to our own bodies in the name of Jesus. We speak encouragement to our minds, positive thoughts in the name of Jesus. We speak blessings to our families in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us even on our jobs. We're blessing co-workers. We're, we're blessings where we're at, that you're prospering us for your glory and honor, Lord. We thank you. You're opening doors of opportunity. Thank you for doors, Lord. Thank you for more doors. You should say amen to that. Amen. amen. Spiritually, there's more doors. Physically, there's more doors. Hallelujah. You're not done with your life. You're going to walk through more doors of opportunity. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for these Kairos moments. Thank you today, Lord, for encouraging our hearts to stand in your presence and in your peace. For loving us so much, Lord. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.